Broadcasting from down on the bayou, it's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. And welcome to episode 105 of the AMP wrestling podcast i'm david boston he is patrick fry we are sponsored today by our amazon affiliate link not so much a sponsor but what's cool about the amazon affiliate link patrick is everybody can do it if you like our content and you want to help support us this is a free way because i know everyone listening right now shops on amazon so tinyurl.com forward slash amazon amp Amazon AMP, when you get that on your browser, go ahead and save it, bookmark it, whether it's on your mobile or your PC or whatever, your tablet, doesn't matter. And then every time that you buy something from Amazon, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you boys get a little commission, no cost added to you. You know, you're going to hate me now that I'm about to say this, but Uh (laughs) I I did some shopping on Amazon the other day. Ah! Patrick Fry and uh, completely forgot that we had this that we could use and bought a couple of golfing shirts and well forgot to use that every so. time we try to put this podcast over hey man look we're still I'm still getting used to <laughs> you know we, we came out of hiatus a year and a half this is only like our 10th <laughs> episode back just still getting used to it yeah. we're still trying to work Something out to the knock kinks. off those training wheels son well I think I've worked out the kinks uh, from a technical matter here for the most part but yeah. as far as remembering hey Maybe I should put in that Amazon link or whatever the case may be whenever I buy something from Amazon. That thought process still has not come back yet. So next time, I promise, I need to like write a note somewhere. Like Every time I log on to Amazon and have a note, if you buy something, use tinyurl.com slash amazonamp. Well, no, you don't have to use that every time. You just use it one time, and then you bookmark it in oh. your Safari. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's it. That's easy. I didn't know that. And every time you want to go to Amazon, you just go to your bookmarks. Or is that what they're called in Safari yeah. as well? I don't. I don't use Safari. I'm a Google Chrome guy. Okay. Well, then, yeah, your bookmarks. Then I'm a, I, I would assume that Safari has the same thing. Though. Yeah. Uh, I use Google Chrome though. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Then you just bookmark it, and every time you go, you just go to your bookmarks. Go to your Amazon right there. Wham, bam. As I said before, your boys get a little commission. It's not much, but it helps out in the long run. Every little bit helps. It'll yeah. add up. One person uses it, then another person uses it. If I use it, uh, I know my girlfriend likes to do Amazon stuff. I'm gonna try and get her to use it. Nice. And things like that, they add up. And hey, yeah. a few extra bucks in our pockets to help. How can I say this? Improve the podcast in any way we can. Yeah, we're not. Look, we know we're not going to make money to go full time on this. So all the money that we do get from it, we're going to put it back into the podcast. Yeah, somehow, some way, equipment. Uh, this is not our full time job, so we don't make a living off this yeah. podcast. We just we just do this for for fun. But if we can make a little bit of money out of it, that too, we're not going to be mad about it either. Yeah. Help us pay for sponsored posts on social media and all that good stuff. Tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon AMP. All right. Well, on today's episode, number 105 of the AMP Wrestling Podcast for Thursday, July the 8th, 2021. Boy, what a night last night. Yes, sir. We had down in Miami for Road Rager. Malachi Black, formerly known as Alistair Black or Tommy End. He's got so many names at this point. I don't know what to call him, but... That dude that bangs Zelina. Yes, that that is another... That, that might be his favorite name <laughs> that, that uh, someone has given him. But uh, I am, from here on out now, going to call him Malachi Black. Mm-hmm. Made his debut last night. We're going to talk about that, as well as Road Rager. It was a really good show. First show on the road for AEW. It was an electric crowd. We're going to talk about it. Some good things happened last night. We'll talk about that. Also look forward to next week, Fighter Fest, another stacked card, another show on the road. Sold out already in Cedar Park, Texas, which is in the greater Austin area. Next week, Fighter Fest, night one, sold out. That should be an amazing crowd over there. And uh, Jimmy Uso was arrested for DUI. We're going to talk about that. I think that's an offense number, what, four for him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Or at least four that we know of. Yeah, at least that we know of. I mean, just because he's been arrested four times doesn't necessarily mean he's only done it four times. He's, you know, obviously if you've been arrested for DUI four times, odds are you've probably uh, drank and drive. 
few more times than that. So we'll yeah. talk about that. Also, WWE SmackDown will be at the Rolling Loud Music Festival. I don't even know what to make of that, but we're going to talk about that coming up as well. And then we're going to do um we're going to bring back an old segment. We I don't think we've have we done this yet since we've no. come back from hiatus. Are they worth it? We used to yeah. do it with the WWE wrestlers and now we're going to do it with the AEW, some AEW wrestlers, which I guess you got some salaries. Yes. Now, I, I don't will, know how you uh, where did you get these salaries? Okay. I'll have to put this out there from the website that I got it from. The guy says that this isn't public knowledge, but from different interviews and different research uh, he is pretty sure that these are around the figures that these cats are making. Okay, well, we'll, you know, whatever the case may be, you'll throw the number at me. I will say whether or not they are worth that amount of money. Also, of course, rumor mill as usual. Tony Khan, uh, what is his big plans? He mm-hmm. mentioned on Busted Open Radio yesterday morning a lot of surprises. Obviously, we got one last night. We're gonna have some more surprises, obviously, in the coming weeks and in the coming months. What are those big big plans for AEW that Tony Khan has? We'll talk about that. Also, some big plans for Roderick Strong and Diamond Mine. They just recently, of course, made their debut on NXT a few weeks ago. And Ruby Riot filed for a new trademark. So yeah. what does that mean for Ruby Riot coming up? And then, of course, we're going to talk about, uh, I guess we're going to step away from wrestling just a little bit, talk about the XFL, how their launch was uh, pushed back a little bit. Of course, The Rock now is running things with the XFL. The Rock, I think, is his uh, original wife that he married, I believe. That's so strange. His OG wife, if you will. Yeah, I guess, hey, look, if it works, it works. So if they can make it work, more power to them. But we'll talk about all of that coming up here on The Average Marks, episode number 105 for Thursday, July the 8th, 2021. Yeah, find us on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, Just search... Amp Wrestling Podcast. It's that simple. All right. Well, first topic is obviously what happened last night. I do I do not believe they came out with the numbers yet from last night. Let me go to Twitter real quick. But it was Road Rager, first show on the road for AEW. I was hyped up about it all day long. Heck, even all, all the last week, I was like just ready. I was like, I'm ready for a, a full crowd. I'm ready for a road show. Granted, they still have not left the state of Florida yet, but... They are, will be next week when they head to Texas. But last night, Road Rager, uh, the biggest news story of the night, obviously. Malachi Black, formerly known as Aleister Black in WWE, making his debut. And it was really it was interesting the way they set this up because I don't know if you noticed this. Obviously, I mean, you had to have noticed this. Uh, the opening match was Cody versus QT Marshall, the strap match. Right. A uh, pretty decent match. But in the middle of that match... The lights went out. Right. And nothing happened. They came back on. Cody looked a little lost. And obviously, they've had a tropical storm slash hurricane pass through that area the last couple of days. And the announcer started to play it off. Like, you know, we've had some bad weather come through the area, which is true. So, and obviously, where we're from, we know a lot about hurricanes and the aftermath of them as well. Granted, this hurricane was not nearly as strong as the one we've experienced last year, but... We and didn't we, even hit Miami. We know the 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 difficulties and power outages and whatever the case may be that can come after a big storm like that. So at first, I'm thinking maybe they're playing it off. I don't know, but nothing happened. Thought maybe we were, we were going to get a payoff after the match. Nothing happened. We go into the next match and nothing came out of it. So and I forgot about it at that point. I forgot everything about it. So. You know, the night keeps going on, match after match, and then there was a segment where Tony Schiavone was in the ring with Arn Anderson. And, you know, he talked about, you know, Cody got the big match, uh, the big win earlier in the night against QT Marshall. Uh, his son Brock won his debut. You know, things are looking good for, the, you know, for Arn Anderson right now, this and that. And then Arn, you know, trying to get the crowd fired up. He's like, man, it's great to be back. And my, how good is it to be here in Miami? You know, it's great that we missed all you guys talking to the fans and stuff. And then he said, I'm just going to let's just get down to it, down to business. Lights shut out again. And I'm thinking, at this point, you know, here we go again. The lights go out again. Yeah. And at this point, I don't know what to expect because the lights went out once already. Nothing happened. Maybe the lights go out again. Nothing happens. Well, the lights come back on, and boy, did something ever happen. 
Malachi Black is standing in the ring, and immediately I knew who it was. Right. The fans in Miami knew who it was. Huge pop for Malachi Black. He gives a black mass to Arn Anderson, knocks him out cold. Cody comes out of nowhere. Like it's it's as if he was like just waiting for it to happen. Like I <laughs> of mean, he, he was he was there in a split second, and like I think he came out of the crowd. I, he didn't come out of the entrance way. He came out through the crowd. So it's as if he was like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was under the ring at this point. He just, I mean, five seconds after Orn gets kicked, Cody's in the ring. Next thing you know, Malachi and Cody are kind of facing off here, and I'm like, all right, here we go, like. I'm liking this. I like where this is going. And Malachi sort of steps back. Because Cody wants wants to check on Orn, obviously. Wants to make sure he's okay. Because he just got kicked in the face by, by Malachi Black. <laughs> so, and Malachi kind of, you know, acts like he's going to, you know, step off. I'll let you check on your man. Cody goes to check on his man. And Malachi Black <laughs> pops Cody with a black mask and knocks him out. And that's pretty much the end of that. And the crowd obviously started chanting, chanting Tommy because they can't hear the announcers. But the announcers at first called him Tommy End, which is what I would have assumed was his name. Obviously, it wasn't going to be Alistair Black. They called him Tommy End. And then Ex- Excalibur says, no, that's Malachi Black. <laughs> this is the man I wrestled in 2011 in yeah. Dusseldorf, Germany. Yeah. Shut up. So he says, no, this is uh, Malachi Black. So we get the confirmation of who, who it is, Malachi Black. And I'm, I'm curious, a lot of people were, were wondering why Malachi Black. They believe that since his name was Alistair Black in WWE, let's not change too much of it. Let's try to, you know, maybe get a little bit of that Alistair Black here in, in AEW. And someone was like, yeah, Tony's figuring it out now. He's figuring this out. So... I'm okay with the name Malachi Black. I'm cool with it. No big deal. Um, I know they're going to book him correctly in AEW. I mean, are they? I think they will. It depends because I know you you, you got your thoughts on this coming up here, and I'm going to let you have the floor here in just a second because it would appear that I guess his first feud is going to be with Cody Rhodes. Of course. I mean, why wouldn't it be? I'll let you, I'll, you know, I, I, your, your thoughts. Well, I mean, I don't have much to say. I mean, that's pretty much it. It's like it just ruined the whole thing for me. Like, you know, he came out. I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, damn, there's Cody. <laughs> all right. I see where this is going. So, and look, I'm. we all know Cody's history of putting himself over in AEW. But I'm hoping this will be different because this is... Well, you can hope all you want. Well, um, and here's the thing, too. Cody, there are some instances where Cody ultimately will put himself over. Maybe not so initially put himself over. He might. Cody has done this before where it was uh, like like when he fought Brody Lee. Brody Lee dismantled him uh, for the TNT title. Brody Lee goes over, wins the belt. Then Cody returns, puts himself over. There you go. So ultimately puts himself over. Initially, doesn't put himself over. I don't know when we're going to get you know Al- uh, Malachi's first match in AEW. Uh, maybe it all out with Cody, but who knows? But um, and one of the f- other first things I was thinking of was, wait a minute, this math is not adding up. <laughs> yeah, how is he in AEW? Because doesn't he have a ninety day no compete clause? Well, it was not long after. Uh, Road Rager went off the air that PW Insider was reporting that apparently there was a, a clerical error. I think that's Some the word. jabroni. Somebody screwed up somewhere. In Stanford. Well, apparently NXT superstars have a third... If they get released, they have a 30-day no-compete clause. And obviously Alistair was in a, uh, NXT before he went to the main roster. And when you go to the main roster, that changes to a 90-day no-compete clause if you get released. Well, that obviously was not changed... Somebody didn't change that on his contract with WWE, so he only had a 30-day no-compete clause, and there he is at Road Rager showing up. AEW, which, hey, it it seems like it worked out for everyone, maybe with the exception of WWE. Do you think WWE knew that they didn't do that, 
or when they sh- when he showed up, they were like, "Oh hell no, we're about to sue these dudes." And then they were like, "Let's look at his contract." And they're like, "Oh crap!" My guess is that the old man's going to be furious. I I really don't know if that. I think that's something that eventually will come out, whether or not they found out before or they realized it after, because it seems like PW Insider, like not long after the show went off the air, they were reporting that hey, this is what the issue was. So maybe this was something that was known already. Or they could have got that info from the AEW people. It's possible. Um, which which is true, because Alistair, obviously, or Malachi, whatever you want to call him now, I would assume he had a copy of this contract somewhere, and he probably looked at it and said, hey, I'm only allowed to not compete for 30 days yeah, instead of 90 days. What's, maybe he saw this? it. Maybe he saw it, showed it to Tony Khan, and Tony was like, maybe he got his lawyers and said, hey, can we double check this and look into this? Uh, because obviously I think you have to do your due diligence in something like this. You don't want Vince coming after you, of all people. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think someone looked into it. They said, he's good. All right. First road show. We're bringing you out. Let's do it. Yeah. And that's what happened last night. So I think... I think that's how it went down. It may have gone down differently, but that's my take on it. Did you find it kind of corny that he was still selling the eye injury? No, I, I, and honestly, I forgot about the eye injury because I hadn't really paid that much attention to WWE. So did, so did most people. I, I just thought it was part of his look, and then some people started talking about the the eye injury. I think that Buddy Murphy gave yeah. to him, and how he's still selling it. I'm okay with it because. That is what we like to call keeping kayfabe alive. Whether it's from company to company, that's okay. I'm fine with that. Plus, I think that look on his character, in my opinion, that that could that could be a permanent look, and it would be fine. Because for some reason, and that's a, that's the thing, I didn't even realize that it was selling the eye injury that he received in WWE. I thought that was just his look because, to me, the look matched the character. So I'm okay if he looks like that for the remainder of his AEW career as long as this is his character, which I assume it will be. But yeah. And here's another thing, too. He dropped that little promo video right. on his social media the day of, and that right there, you know, normally in the past when wrestlers have done st- something like that that just got released, usually that is like the start of like, all right, this is me. I'm looking for work. I'm trying to go somewhere. Where where will I end up? Alistair basically said, hey, without saying it, like, I'm here. You just don't know it yet. Right. I'm in AEW. You're going to find out in a few hours, but I'm here. Yeah. So that was, so I think that sort of, based on the pattern of other superstars in the past, made the shock value a little bit higher. When Alistair or Malachi, I'm going to keep calling him one thing or another here, <laughs> when Malachi showed up at Road Rager last night. So I think that I think that actually helped the shock value and everything. And the fact that no one knew it was a 30-day no-compete clause versus a 90-day no-compete clause. And I, I, so I think with all of that, I think, and the, and the way they executed it, you know, the light goes off in the first match, nothing happens, light goes off again, and then boom, there he is. I think everything went off to a T. As far as his debut uh, and how everything just went down, the shock value, everything just just went perfect as far as I'm concerned. Look, and I think the match between him and Cody is going to be great. It's going to be amazing uh, as, long as, as long as Malachi wins. But at the same time, I was just like, God, ah, you couldn't give him coming in on anybody else. Well, well I mean, here's the thing. Cody, he's been feuding with QT and his little group. And Cody's done beat them down so many times that, okay, now th- this is something good for Cody to do now because now he really has nothing. Like, this is finally, I think, a way to get QT Marshall and his group out of Cody's hair because that, in my opinion, has started to run its course. A lot of other people kind of doing stuff uh, right now. Obviously, Cody, um, you know, Kenny and Hangman, they're, they're, I think they're about to start a little oh, that's something. That's going to be so good. Yeah, that's going to be really good. Kenny and Hangman's going to start something. Um, who else? The TNT title, uh, Miro. I would have loved to see him maybe come out. We didn't, I don't even, we didn't even see Miro last mm-hmm. night, but, yep. uh, Darby's feuding with, you know, uh, Ethan Page. Yep. 
Uh, Moxley's got a title match next week. He's coming back now. And uh, the Bucks, um, you know, they, they're doing their thing with, with Penta and Eddie Kingston. They, they had their great match last night and everything. So I feel like it was a good transition for Cody uh, to go from finally getting rid of QT Marshall and uh, the, the factory, and now he's got Malachi Black to deal with, who is going to be a little more trouble for Cody than QT Marshall in the factory was. Do you think it would have worked if he would have showed up during the face-off between Jericho and MJF for like a three-way coming up on the pay-per-view? No, and that's another thing too. You know, the inner circle and the the pinnacle, and that's another thing that I think is starting to run its course a little bit. Uh, but they're, you know, I think they all got their thing going right now. They're trying to finish that off, and I think that that strap match with Cody winning defiantly was a way to finish off that particular feud. So, yeah, I think, and you know, Alistair and Cody are two big names. So, I think when you got a big name like Alistair, in my opinion, that's the best. Just because the crowd was there, the poppy god, just how everything transpired, uh, arguably that is the the best debut, in my opinion, um, that AEW has had so far. For anybody coming into the company, not not you know, I'm I'm not counting the guys who showed up there originally. Well, I don't know Moxley's up there, and I would almost consider Moxley an original, I guess, an original. But he did debut at the original event. Uh, right. So his, his obviously is up there, but since then, I think Malachi has got had the best debut. So it's been uh, so it was really cool to, to see that last night, and uh, he's he's probably their biggest acquisition they've had all year, in my opinion. Christian's up there, obviously, but uh, Mal- Malachi is a huge huge get for AEW uh, to the surprise of maybe not many people, but I think. Him and Cody to start it off. I mean, this dude is is going to be something. I think I'm I'm glad they're going to feed him to a big fish and not make him go on like dark and start fighting these little guys and build up a record. Like they're throwing him into the fire, and I think that's where he needs to be because we're going to find out very soon just how good he really is. Yeah, and <laughs> speaking of good. How awesome was it when that fan tried to get in the ring and old yeah. Jericho potato with him back of the head? Yeah, Jericho got a nice piece of him. I wish MJF would have got a piece of him because it just would have been it would have been great to see MJF get a piece of him just because he's MJF. Yeah, and uh, obviously the guy tried to get into the ring and MJF. You know, if any one of you fat white pieces of trash want to get in this <laughs> ring, I'll beat your ass too, or whatever he said, <laughs> something along those lines. But. Hey, man, fans back. Uh, it was a rowdy crowd last night. Yeah. One fan tried to get into the ring. He didn't get it very far. No. He didn't even get in the ring. So Security was right there. Yeah, so that was another interesting part of the, the show last night. But i tell you what was a big letdown in the show. Andrade's wrestling debut. I didn't think it was that. I mean. it was, it, it, Dude, Matt Seidel had a better match on Dark the night before. It was wonky at times. It was like they were missing marks, and it's like they – they they didn't know what each other was doing at some points, and it was just like it was awkward. Yeah, and it could have been the jitters with uh, maybe Andrade, but certainly you know it's it's a it's a new stage for Andrade. Um, I don't know if he's ever wrestled Matt Seidel before or not, so they may not have that chemistry together. But I think it was okay. the The move of the night from him was um, he did like a moonsault off the top rope, and uh, Seidel, you know, as Andrade's moving out, you know, moonsaulting in the air. He rolls over and Andrade lands on his feet and then cuts another moonsault and lands on him. Yeah. Uh, where he, Matt Seidel rolled over to. That was really cool. That's pretty dope. So uh, I, I think what we saw last night from Andrade was just a uh, an appetizer for what's to come. So I'm uh, looking forward to him. I think he had a great debut last night. I think the overall Road Rager last night was a big success. Um, the, the main event, Bucks and. Kingston and uh, Pinto w- was fantastic. Uh, the, the show overall last night was, was was really good. I'm looking forward to Fighter Fest next week. Yeah, Nick Jackson makes me laugh every single time with that terrible hair dye, and then those <laughs> cut off jorts that he had on. Yeah, they <laughs> th- their fashion lately has been oh my God. been unique to say the least. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Fighter Fest next week taking place Cedar Park, Texas, in the Greater Austin area. As I pull up the match card for that, I have so many tabs open right here. So next week, and this was kind of just thrown out there, uh, 
John Moxley is going to defend the IWGP US Championship against Carl Anderson. So John Moxley is returning next week. He's been out since Double or Nothing. Obviously, uh, Renee, you know, just had her the, their baby, so mm-hmm. I'm sure he's been hanging out uh, getting some quality time with the family. So much deserved there for John Moxley. Uh, the first ever coffin match in AEW: Darby Allen versus Ethan Page next week. Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship. Oh, what, a, what about Ricky Starks with that uh, with that line? FTW to me means, or no, the W in FTW means wife. Yeah, to th- me, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I was like, damn. Yeah, Ricky Starks coming with it. That should be a really good match next week. Matt Hardy, Christian Cage next week. Uh, that's going to be, you know, that's those are two guys that go back a very long way. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. Penelope Ford and uh, Yuka Sakazaki. God, Penelope Ford. Yeah, I know, right? God bless her. And then, of course, we're also going to hear from Hangman Adam Page. So should be a fun week next week. Uh, as Tony Khan said on Busted Open Radio yesterday, um, they're going to try and stack all these cards for the whole month because every, you know, this is their way of getting back on the road and what a big deal it is. So. Looking forward to next week. That's the match card for next week. And, of course, next week we're going to talk about it as well. Can some of those cards include Ty Conti, please? She was on Dark Tuesday. and Yeah, it's been a while since Ty Conti's been, you know, on Dynamite, actually. so Oh, speaking of Dark, shout out to Moonshine Mantel, FTW superstar, Moonshine Mantel. I mean, he got obliterated by Lance Archer, but uh, <laughs> he had his AEW debut on Tuesday. Yeah, all right, good, all right. Shout out to Moonshine Man, Moonshine Mantel, Moonshine Mantel, yeah, Moonshine Ryan Mantel. Yeah, shout out, shout out to him, man. Congrats on getting on AEW Dark. All right, next topic. Uh, well, we go from a fun topic to a, a little bit of a sour topic. But uh, WWE star Jimmy Uso was arrested for another, and in the title it says another DUI. In Florida, the 35-year-old wrestler was arrested on Monday for uh, the second time in two years. He was driving in Pensacola with a blood alcohol content level of .205. Is that a lot? That is probably at least twice the legal limit. Mm. So .205, you've had some drinks. Like You are pretty messed up. He seems like one of those guys, and I worked with a dude named Justin that was just like this. I drive better when I'm drunk. Well, he was... No, dude, it's scientifically impossible. Well, he was going 50 miles an hour in a 35-mile-per-hour zone, so he's going 15 over, which is, you know, it's enough, obviously, to get pulled over, but it's nothing crazy. Um, And he ran a red light, too, so that doesn't really help your cause. Um, Let's see. He was caught uh, back in July of 2019, caught driving 86 in a 45-mile-an-hour zone. Mm. Um, He was later found not guilty in that case. Found not guilty? How are you found not guilty? I don't know. Like man. if if a, if a cop put his laser gun on you, and you were driving eighty six and a forty five, oh, that's Vince and his money, dog. But yeah, so WWE hasn't. I don't think, as far as I know, they haven't said anything about his arrest or anything. But well, I was reading on uh, some of these rumors that they really wanted to concentrate on Raw and they didn't want that to deflect from it, and then. They also want to concentrate on SmackDown, and they don't want that to reflect on it. So it sounds like they're just going to try to sweep it under the rug <laughs> like they've done the other three. Yeah, I mean, it's happened so many times already. And I think hey, what, what they, this you know, a lot of people I've read online say that WWE probably needs to maybe find him some help. Uh, so Because I don't know if he has an alcohol problem or whatever the case may be. But obviously, your fourth DUI. Uh, something something's not right. Something needs to change, in my opinion. And you know, and I, I think Jay has gotten pulled over once for DUI. I think so. They both have a DUI um, history with them. I believe is what I read. I could be wrong. I don't want to speculate, but at least two other times I'm reading right here that Jimmy has been pulled over for and arrested for DUI. But uh, it, apparently, if they're if there is a problem, which it would appear there could be one, uh, hopefully WWE can like get with him and say, "Hey, look, let's figure out this problem and solve it." Because you know, you you know, because the Usos are a big asset to that company, and of course, they just came out with the greatest tag team list of all time. I think the Usos were like number seven on there, which I mean, hey, that's pretty high up on a list of, of WWE tag teams. So I don't know. It's a uh, 
it, it's a shame. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, he if there's a problem, he gets the help he needs. Because I don't see a situation where they're just going to let one Uso go. Because I feel like the Usos are like a package deal in wrestling. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if I had to guess, nothing's going to happen, at least from the WWE end. I mean, he's still going to be on TV, I guess. They might leave him off of TV a week or two. I don't know. Uh, maybe internally they'll punish him. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of a sad thing, but... Yeah, and you know what? It it probably I would imagine if he was working at a port somewhere or working as a mechanic somewhere, I would imagine he wouldn't be an alcoholic. But the fact that he's a wrestler and he puts his his body on the line almost every single night, or he did pre pandemic, you know, he's got to do something to numb the pain, and yeah. you you can't take unprescribed painkillers. You can't smoke the weed. You know, you can't do these other things that are going to help you with the pain. So what is there left? Well, I remember when... Uh, Alcohol. I remember when old Jake Hager got caught with weed years ago, and then uh, they punished him by giving him the world heavyweight title. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I don't know. but Which, weed's a little different than, than alcohol. But certainly, I don't know. It's, uh, They're cousins. Yeah. Uh, and... You you can't you still can't drive under the influence of marijuana either. No, you can't. Uh, so this dude needs to either Uber everywhere, <laughs> or he needs to go ahead and get him like a driver. Get Roman to drive, I guess. I don't know. No, I, just some schmuck off the street. Maybe I feel like you know. Of course, I don't know. I mean, in Pensacola, that's where they're from, so maybe they were back home. Just you know. But he's got to make better choices. Like like if you're going to drink to kill the pain, I get it to a point. But in in the course, look, I've never ever in my life been drunk, so I don't know how you formulate, I guess, like ideas of what you want to do in your brain when mm -hmm. you're inebriated. Yeah. But I would imagine at some point after you've gotten to his point, you would be able to say to yourself, "Uh, I probably shouldn't drive." Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes when you're in that state. And if you, I mean, at a blood alcohol content level of 0 0.205, I mean, I don't even know if I've ever drank that much. If I ever did, I probably passed out. <laughs> but that's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, like I said, they, they get him right. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that if he has some time taken off of TV or, or whatever the case may be. But they're it, about to go back on the road, too. So I'm hoping that maybe them going back on the road, he'll have <laughs> you know less downtime because – Obviously, they've been working out of one area, which is Tampa, Florida, and they live, they're from Pensacola, or at least Roman's from Pensacola. I guess the Usos are from there, too. So they're not far from home, so they probably get to go home and just kind of be around, around home where they're comfortable and they got a lot of downtime and a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol, yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm hoping that maybe now when they get back on the road, some of these wrestlers won't have as much downtime, which, you know, is. It sucks for them because, you know, they got so used, I guess, to being around their families maybe a lot more, but now they're going to get back on the road. Maybe not as much as they were before the pandemic, but uh, certainly they're, they're going to get back on the road and have a little less downtime and hopefully less time to get in trouble like that. What WWE needs to do, they need to start to realize, you know, hey, the weed is a good thing for these guys. So they need to stop testing for THC completely because, you know, like some of the sativas out there, I mean, and obviously if you get caught, you're still going to jail. Mm -hmm. But some of these sativas out there, you can think as clearly as you think when you're not high. Yeah. And a lot of people say it gives you even more concentration. I don't know. I don't know either, but at the end of the day, hopefully uh, Jimmy uh, finds the help that he, he probably needs. Start sparking the doobs, Jimmy. I guess so. Speaking of doobs... Uh, there, there is a music festival that I had never heard of, uh, and it's called... <laughs> speaking of the dubs. Speaking of the dubs, uh, there's a music festival called Rolling Loud. It's a music festival, <laughs> and I think they have like different versions of this festival in different cities throughout the year, but they're doing one in Miami coming up in a couple of weeks, and apparently WWE SmackDown is going to be a part of it, uh, according to 
uh, the article on WWE.com. WWE and Rolling Loud, the world's premier rap festival, today announced a new partnership that brings Friday Night SmackDown to Rolling Loud, Miami, 2021 on July 23rd. The occasion marks the first ever collaboration between WWE and a major music festival. Gracing the same stage as festival headliners Travis Scott, Post Malone, and ASAP Rocky, WWE superstars will compete in matches live from Rolling Loud, Miami. The July 23rd edition of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox will feature a split-site broadcast with multiple matches at Rolling Loud, Miami, and the remainder of the evening held at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland. Well, I mean, you already got yourself a built-in crowd, right? Yeah. And then I'm very curious to see how they're going to pull that off. And then wrestling is such a big influence on the hip hop culture. I mean, you know, you got all these songs about Ric Flair and stuff like that. So Booker T. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could see a Ric Flair sighting there. I uh, wouldn't be surprised. Get the crowd wooing. What else has he got to do these days, you know? Dang um, right. But I'm curious to see how they're going to pull this die. off because. Like back in the '90s, you know, WCW went out to like Sturgis Bike Rally and things like that. Like, and AEW, you know, went on the Jer- Jericho Cruise, had a show from there. I was hoping they were going to do the whole show, but I forgot they had they already planned to go to Cleveland. So, it what I what I, from what I've been reading, most of the show is going to take place in Cleveland, but they're going to have two matches from Rolling Loud, the Rolling Loud Festival in Miami. I guess they're gonna have a ring set up on one of the main stages. I don't. That's the thing. I am very curious to see how this is going to get pulled off. So now, I feel that the July twenty third episode of SmackDown will draw even more viewers just to see how this is going to get pulled off. So, and then plus, obviously, they're gonna be back on the road as well. So, which is gonna draw me uh, in as a viewer. I'm definitely looking forward to watching some WWE with fans in attendance. Just. To, it's gonna be a whole different vibe than the Thunderdome because I'm been over the Thunderdome, so I'm just looking forward to seeing how they they executed. And I hope, and I really hope that it's a success, and that maybe WWE somewhere down the line and AEW too can start doing full shows from maybe these music festivals or big events, big events like that. Because I think it's it's a really cool thing for the fans. I think it's a really cool thing for the viewers at home to kind of get. Because like I said, I've never heard of the Rolling Loud Music Festival, so I'm kind of curious to see what it looks like and what the vibe is, I guess, and by watching it through a wrestling program, I guess. So it's crazy to it's crazy to, to think about because, like I said, I've never seen this done before as far as a music festival. But it's going to be on the beach so we can see a lot of hoes and bikinis? Yeah, I get, exactly, yeah. Like, um, didn't WCW used to do something like Bash at the Beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. Like those are unique, cool things that wrestling can do. And I'm 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 hoping that WWE, this is like the first step in WWE maybe doing some cool things like this further down the road. Uh you think it would be like a like the ring is set up in the middle of the crowd? Cause if it's up on the stage, it's kind of be hard to see, I would imagine. I don't know. That's, that, that's, I, For the I, fans, I, I mean, I, I in attendance. I literally have no clue what, yeah. what, what this is going to look like. That's why I'm very intrigued yeah. to watch that episode of SmackDown to see how they're going to pull it off. Well, and poor Raw. I mean, we've talked about this the past few weeks. Like, it, it, their ratings are tanking. It's getting worse every week. And they're left out of everything now because of Fox. Well, Raw's on a Monday, so I don't know what kind of music festival they have on a Monday, but... Maybe they'll figure uh, something. That is true. Maybe they'll figure something out for Raw. They they can figure something out. Hopefully, <laughs> I know they're just probably sitting back going, "Oh yeah, they get another one." It's kind of like with me over yeah. here at our place. It's mm-hmm. like, "Oh okay, redheaded stepchild over here." Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on now to Are They Worth It? Yeah. All right. All AEW right. edition. So you're gonna give me a name of a wrestler. And then I'm going to think of a number that I think that they're worth, and then yes. you'll give me the real number, I guess, of what they make. Right. And I'll tell you whether they're worth it or not. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's start off with Pac. Pac? Ooh, yes. Let me, let me think. Let me think. I have no, I guess the thing, I've never heard of any salaries from w, uh, from AEW, so I, and I, I don't want to compare it to, to WWE because obviously WWE probably has more money than AEW. Maybe not by much. I don't think he was making this much in WWE. No way. For Pac, I'm gonna yeah, I I got a number uh for okay okay I got a number go ahead and tell me 
Well, no. Tell me your number first. I I think Pac. I think what he's worth. I think he's worth five hundred thousand a year. Damn, he's getting overpaid, son. Two million. Two million a year. Yes. Well, the, I th- I think he's look. In I like, the, look, I, I love Pac. Pac is great. If he's getting two million dollars a year, man, they got some money over there. Yeah. Oh, oh of course they, they do. They got. But of course, he was just in the double or nothing main event too. So he's he's a main event caliber superstar. I was just trying to. Well, let's put this in. I the, have nothing to compare it to. Let's put this. Okay. Let me start off with this then. Um, there has been not confirmation, but some very strong information out uh, because when AEW started, we heard they're all getting health insurance. Mm-hmm. They're all going to make six figures, no matter if they're a man or a woman. Yeah. So the average, according to this story, the average star over at AEW makes three hundred thousand dollars a year. So that's the average. That's the average. So five hundred would still be above average, which is obviously where Pac is, in my opinion. Yes. So he makes two mil. Is he worth it? I would say yeah, because like I said, I, I, he his his in ring ability is almost unmatched. Um, he's a great heel. He's uh, I, I would give him two million dollars. Yeah, certainly. Okay. If I got the money, yeah, I think he's worth two two million dollars. Nyla Rose. Okay, this has got this has got to be a little bit less than Pac. Um, uh, now, now, like my numbers, I'm trying to think of like I got to change them up after that bombshell you just dropped me. Um, okay, I would say Nyla Rose. If Pac's getting two million, I would say Nyla. Then I would put Nyla Rose at about five hundred thousand. Two million. She's making two million as well. Yes, man. And I think that's because. She's kind of like AEW sideshow. She's the first transgender women's yeah, she's, champ. Yeah, she's kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say she's their attraction. So not necessarily an attraction, but it's 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 she's she's unique. Obviously, she's yes. very unique. She's in a unique situation. So um, I don't think she's worth two million dollars a year. Maybe a million. I think because uh, I mean, she's. Uh, she's okay in the ring um, and whatnot, but I don't know. I just uh, two million. Like I said, that's that, that's crazy. That's like two million dollars. Like I'm trying to think who's making two million dollars. Like, I don't even know if Roman Reigns is making two million dollars in WWE or not. Uh, he might be, but maybe not base salary. But with uh... now, is that is that base salary or is that everything? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. If that's base salary, that's that's a lot. Uh, Cody Rhodes. Oh God, <laughs> what he's worth? He's worth a lot. Um, I, I'm gonna say I, I'll go five million. Ooh, uh, close three million. Oh, okay. Then yeah, that's 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 good. Yeah, that's perfect. It seems like the the EVPs make around the same. The Bucks are said in this article to make around two million each. Kenny Omega three million as well. Yeah, with uh, Cody. Um, I don't know why the Bucks would take a pay cut like that. I don't know. Um, maybe they weren't as instrumental in forming this as we thought. No, I'm sure they were, but oh. um, well, then they're little bitches. Maybe because I don't know. I'd why. be like, you're getting paid three, and you're getting paid three, and I'm getting paid two. No, f that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they live together. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they share a house. Uh, let's see. Jericho. Jericho's got to be up there. Jer- I would be. I would not be shocked if Jericho made more than the EVPs. Um, I said five million at Cody Rhodes. He's got three million. I'm going to go ahead and say I, I'll say four million for Jericho. Very close. Three million. Okay. So definitely it worth se- that. It seems like three million. Oh, absolutely. It seems like three million is the cap. John Moxley. I'd say he makes two million. Hmm. Six million. What? Oh, that's true. I do remember those work, those numbers coming out. Yeah, yeah, because they they wanted him. They wanted to pull him from WWE because he he didn't resign his WWE contract a couple of years ago. Boy, that's like some Nick Saban numbers. Okay, so John Moxley is obviously the the cap. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I do I do remember that that number coming out a couple of years ago saying six million dollars. But I th- I think it's worth it for Moxley. I think Moxley. I mean, he's he's in the prime of his career right now. He had a great AEW t- title run. Uh, I think he's as hot as he's ever been right now. So, and when he comes back next year, yeah, if I mean next week, uh, yeah. 
If you're Jericho, do you have a little bit of heat with that number? No, because... Three million's a lot of money. Yeah, but also I think Jericho, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't think Jericho would have been around as much because I think he would have went tour with Fozzie. He would have took breaks here and there, but he had nothing else to do. So obviously he's been around a little more often, but I think the deal... Probably when Jericho initially signed was, hey, I'm only I'm not going to be here every single week. I'm only I'm going to be here maybe you know two thirds of the or three quarters of the the, the weeks, but I'm not going to be here every single week. So you know you can take down my my pay a little bit, and then like I'm at the end, you know, and I, I'm hoping that Jericho realizes, you know, I'm not the Jericho I was in in 2005. You know, this is I'm, I'm older, even though I got the experience and everything and, and the name recognition. I'm not going to be able to give you the 2005 Jericho in the ring, bell to bell, like I used to. I can give you something, but not $6 million worth, certainly. John Moxley can give you that. So if you're paying John Moxley $6 million, would you put him in a tag team with Eddie Kingston? The fans loved it. They listened, they, they listened to the fans. and uh, After Moxley's... And Moxley has a the IWGP title, which... I don't know what the, the the rules are as far as how often he can defend that thing in AEW or whatever the case may be, but um, I think, I don't know. I, I really don't know what their reasoning was. I mean, Mo, apparently Moxley and Eddie Kingston, I guess they go back a little ways, but uh, putting them together maybe to help build them up, which I don't, Moxley doesn't need to be built up as a singles competitor, but maybe help build Kingston up a little bit because I think they see a lot of potential in Eddie Kingston, which he's great. He's great on the mic. Um, he's okay in the ring, but his his charisma is through the roof. And I think they're gonna, you know, they teamed him up with Moxley. You know, obviously put him up against the Bucks and everything. Put him on this stage to raise his stock a bit because they feel that he could be a breakout star in AEW. That's my thought. And then one more, okay, Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. Now, I'm gonna say. Since he's Cody's brother, obviously he's a Rhodes. He's got the the experience. He's got the knowledge, and he can still go in the ring. I'll say a million. They must have won some kind of lawsuit against the WWE because they're calling Cody Rhodes Cody Rhodes now. And well, apparently WWE doesn't have the trademark for it anymore. Mm. The trademark expired. And I think Cody I think filed for it. So yeah. that's why he can be Cody Rhodes now. Nice. Uh two million. Okay. Well. That might be a, it's a little. That's a stretch. It's a little stretch because he doesn't. Well, I mean, he probably does a lot of stuff on dark and AEW dark elevation, maybe and stuff like that. And he shows up from time to time on Dynamite and wrestles and stuff. So yeah, sure. But with his experience and knowledge and what he can pass along to the other superstars, he, I, he made a run in and fall back Aaron Solo. <laughs> yeah, um, and we never saw him again. Um, <laughs> they fought through the crowd, and that was it. We never saw him again. But. Uh, with his experience, his knowledge, and everything, and what he can bring to the table as far as helping these up and coming guys, I think two million's worth it. That's it. Yeah, man, that's some that's some big numbers. That's some big cash. That's some big number. Nyla Rose was a little surprising, but uh, good for them saying, you know, hey, we're gonna pay the women the same as the men, and it's, it sounds like they're doing that. Was Nyla the only woman? No, Brandy Rhodes makes two million too. That's too much. <laughs> But I mean, it's a little then too again, much. she's a Rhodes. Yeah, they're going to put themselves over she's no matter terrible, what. She's a terrible wrestler. I mean, maybe, maybe she. I mean, obviously, she probably gets paid a lot more for the behind the scenes things. But, but do you really think she has that much to do behind the scenes? Chief branding officer is probably, probably not even a real position. She probably does. And I'm, I'm, what I'm hoping is she does a lot behind the scenes, maybe, and take some off the plate to the EVPs because obviously they have to wrestle. So I don't want to sound misogynistic. But I know this is going to come over that way. I mean, look, I'm sure she's just there to. Um, should I, I don't even know if I should say this. Might as well to give Cody a quickie in the office. Well, I wouldn't be shocked if that's been happening. But hey, more you power know? to them if they can, uh, you know, fool around in the office. <laughs> They're probably very busy people, so that might be the only time they have to fool around yeah. in the office. But. No, I mean, I think she's, uh, like I said, uh, I mean, she's good as far as, you know, helping promote the brand, I guess, and things like that. But she's good on the mic. She needs to be somebody's manager. She's a good ring announcer. 
Yeah. Um, which is, I think, what she was doing in WWE. No, but, I'm talking about just on the mic in general. When she went in and cut that promo on Jade Cargill. Yeah. Which, by the way, what's been going on with Jade Cargill? Where's she been? They, they, she's just waiting in the wings. Apparently. Yeah, she's gonna. Don't worry, she's gonna break out soon. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, but uh, that promo that she cut on her that was amazing. Yeah, she's good on the mic, but in the ring, no thanks. But uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know. Two million for her, mm. but she's the chief branding officer. Like I said, if she takes a, if if she does a lot more backstage to take things off the plates of Cody. Omega, the Bucks, as far as what they do, like paper, whatever the case may be, backstage stuff, non wrestling stuff. If she can, if she handles a lot of that stuff and takes stuff off of their plate so they can focus a little more on wrestling, I think it's worth it. Did Cody and the Brandy reality show start yet? I have no idea. Oh, no clue. Because I figure they probably want that with the little baby. I guess they do. All right, let's move. Ooh, excuse me. Let's move on now to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rumor mill. Hey man, that that throwback Houston shirt you're wearing, yeah, it's got me thinking of Nolan Ryan and yeah, Jeff Bagwell and Craig this. Biscio. Yeah, we're going. Uh, me and the girlfriend, we're going to the Astros game in a couple of weeks, so I had to get me a an Astro shirt. I guess this is an Astro shirt. Yeah, heck yeah, it is. That's like the old school colors, like mm-hmm. when uh, Nolan Ryan was throwing the heat. Yep, I like it. She she liked it too. So I like like I like retro stuff. So yeah, so yeah, thanks. Appreciate the compliment uh, you know, there on the shirt. No, I'll put you over. Makes me feel better. <laughs> I wish the fans out there could see you, but you know. yes. <laughs> All right, so let's see where we're at here. Oh yeah, so there's, during his appearance on Busted Open, which you uh, referenced earlier, Tony Khan said he has surprises he's been saving until AEW got back in front of fans. You think this includes new wrestlers? Oh yeah, certainly. Like we, more WWE talent? Possibly, yeah. Like. Exhibit A last night. That's one. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else that got released. I mean, there were so many people that got released. Uh, Braun Strowman, maybe? Yeah, Braun Strowman. Um, you would think he has to sign Braun Strowman, don't you think? I don't know. That's a thing. I, I really don't know. Um, I'm trying to think who else off the top of my head. Uh, you know, Samoa Joe's name was out there, but obviously he's back in NXT now. I mean, if you could sign all these WWE dudes, you got to sign Braun Strowman. We'll see. I think there's going to be surprises. Also, there was also the rumors of this uh, this trios belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's one of the surprises coming up at some point. Um, I, I don't know. That's uh, but maybe with the pandemic, kind of. I guess uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Not going away, but winding down. And you're in these open states like Texas and Florida. Yeah, maybe you can get some guys in. From AAA in New Japan, maybe so. Maybe maybe we get some New Japan guys and you know some bigger names or whatever the case may be. Make some one-off appearances or makes a handful of appearances. I don't know. Okada shows up to have a banger with uh, that. That could that could easily Omega. Be, that could easily be a surprise. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we talked about the we've talked about the Forbidden Door in the past. Uh, how. AEW Impact, they have a little relationship. Obviously, they have to have some relationship with New Japan because Moxley still has the IWGP US belt. Uh, Kenta showed up. Yuji Nagata showed up. So there's some kind of relationship there. But looking forward to seeing what surprises old Tony Khan has up his sleeve. Stuffed in that forbidden door. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Fightful Select reports that NXT plans for Roderick Strong and Diamond Mine playing a big role in the cruiserweight title scene. Supposedly, he just signed a new deal. He could be around for a while, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. Um, So, and we talked about this a few weeks ago. If he's creating a new stable in NXT, he might be an NXT lifer. Because he's not that young, is he? No, he's been around since... He's been around for what twenty years now. Yeah, he's been in the in the red. So probably I, I don't know how. Let me see how old mid to late thirties, maybe. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Roderick Strong age. He is thirty seven years old. Mm, yeah. So he's still. I, I I'd say he's still got five, six, seven years of really good wrestling because he's in shape. So yeah, but I mean, if you've been wrestling for twenty years, I mean that bump card's pretty full, dude. Hell, Adam Cole is only 32. 
Really? I thought he was older than that. Adam Cole is only 32 years old. That is unbelievable. Wait, who is that again? Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. He's only 32 years old. Yeah, I thought he was in his mid-30s as well. Yeah, I know. I thought he was older than that, but no, this guy is only uh, Then what are they waiting on? Pull this guy up to the main roster. Put him on SmackDown. Well, no, they'll probably ruin him if they do that. Yeah, I mean, they will, but I mean, it just makes sense. Now, Bobby Fish is another guy who was in the Undisputed Era. He's 44, so he's he's up there. Damn, he doesn't look 44. But Roddy Strong, 37 years old, so he's right there in his prime. Yeah. Um. So I'd imagine this means that he's going to be... Pro- Probably in NXT for the rest of his WWE career, I'd imagine. Uh, for the near for the foreseeable future, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, it, I would never rule out the possibility of him going up to the main roster at some point. But they've been in NXT for so long now. I just don't see where he fits. He's not like he, he's not going to be. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong with this. Marina Shafir. You know, you you look up Roderick Strong. You know, Marina Shafir is in the in the area in her. The link to her Instagram popped up, so I just clicked on that, but continue. What's she showing on that Instagram? Not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, she's not really that good-looking of a lady. No, she's pretty good-looking. Oh. Here we go. Some some decent stuff there. Yeah? Yeah. We got she some. Looks good. We got some uh, derriere picks. What does that mean? The butt? Uh... The no. honky tonk badonkadonk? No, not much of that. Let's see. Look, if you're going to have an Instagram and you're a woman, why <laughs> why wouldn't you show the derriere? Uh, she might not have much of a derriere yeah, going probably. on back there, but she's a uh, she's got other great assets. Um, Ruby Riot now billing herself as Ruby Soho, which that's a song. So I wonder if uh, she got the go ahead where she can use that name. I don't know, but uh, is that from Pennywise? I've never seen that. Ruby, Ruby Soho. Ruby, oh, the Pennywise, Ruby, the, Ruby the, Soho. That's a that's a band, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I've never heard that song. I've heard the oh. band, I've heard of the band. I never heard that song though. So she filed for the trademark The Runaway. So I guess she's going to call herself The Runaway Ruby Soho. Maybe that's a, her finishing move. Oh, maybe so. Could be her finishing move. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I guess that means she's gonna be showing up somewhere. Saying so AEW wants some of that. Maybe she's one of the surprises. Hey, see, and look, this is gonna sound misogynistic again. <laughs> I don't think that a woman wrestler would be a big enough surprise to say on oh, busted open that you got a lot of surprises lined up. Well, look, I think that would be like booking Leo Rush as the Joker card. <laughs> well, look, we've already gotten. We we got a huge surprise last night that, in my opinion, over-delivered a little bit. Yes. So I think if the next one under-delivers a little bit, it'll cancel out. But <laughs> you see, that sounds like my son. <laughs> uh, uh, Elijah, you got a D. Yeah, but uh, I also got an A last week. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you still got a D. Um, so I guess... Uh, I guess she may be AEW bound. She seems like she would work out well in AEW. I think she would, yeah. That that women's division is starting to take shape. Uh, I think they could add a few big names like like Ruby. So, yeah. I would like to see her create like a little punk rock stable. Have some other, you know, chicks that look kind of punk rock. Yeah. Uh, and then, but I mean, there's no women's stables, really. We got so many men's stables in AEW. Yeah, you're right. There there really isn't. And like a lot of the, like some of the women are with, you know, the men's stables, like the Bunnies with the Hardy family office. Um, Chris Statlander's with Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Julia Hart. Julia Hart. Oh, my God. God. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Uh, <laughs> she, she's obviously with the Varsity Blondes. Who's more, they're not a stable, but they're a tag team. But yeah. They, you know, and but they go well together, in my well, opinion. Well, I mean, if you have more than two members, I mean, you got to be a stable. Well, right? I, I suppose, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. But, but the Varsity Blondes, I guess she would be considered a member of the Varsity Blondes, mm-hmm. but I feel like the Varsity Blondes are more centered towards. Uh, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. just as a tag team. So if you're just two, if you're just two people, you're a tag team. Obviously, you're not a yeah. stable. You have to have three or more. But yeah, Ooh, excuse me. Um. So, yeah, they need some. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind some women stables. I think they, yeah. they tried. They well, they tried to do that once 
uh, the Nightmare Collective, and uh, mm. that did not work. That was dumb. That, that didn't even make it to the pandemic, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that made it like one show, and they were that like, That didn't oh, even make it okay. to the pandemic, so... We gotta get out of this um, thing quick. I don't know. I, I think they're... Their way of doing it is they'll just put women with some of the other factions. So. Seems like they don't care about the women's wrestling, kind of like WWE doesn't care. No, I think they do, but they're starting to get, and that's why they're adding another hour of, of television, is they're, they're starting to get more and more and more people in there. And, you know, you got to have time for everybody. Yeah. All right, well, the final thing we're going to talk about is uh, the XFL and how the launch was uh, was pushed back to 2023, of course, uh, the league, which is now being run by uh, The Rock. Uh, they pushed their relaunch season back to the spring of 2020, 2023. The original plan was to launch next spring in 2022, but the delay was revealed after it was announced that the XFL and the CFL will not be working together. The two leagues entered into talks several months ago, but those talks did not produce any official working relationship the Canadian Football League announced uh, this morning that their talks with the XFL have been positive and constructive, but the two sides have jointly decided to not pursue any formal arrangements. Uh, the XFL then issued a statement to Sports Business Journal and confirmed the new launch date uh, of the spring of 2023. Yeah, you know, I saw this on Facebook the other day, and I was like, it was on the CFL's uh, Facebook and when they posted that they weren't going to enter in with the XFL this season, I was like, ooh, what's going on here? Did a little digging. Uh, you know, look, get it right. We can wait another year. We got enough football to tide us over. Just get it right because the XFL, when it came back the second time, was magical, dude. Yeah. It was such good football. So if you need another year to get it right, I'm I'm all about it. Get that thing right. But I will say this. I've been looking at a bunch of YouTube channels, and it's really interesting the speculations out there of what a season would look like with a deal between the CFL and the XFL. Would their games just be exhibition games where they really don't mean anything? Or would it be interleague games? Because the XFL season's going to be shorter because they have less teams than the CFL season. So one guy said you can play CFL and XFL interleague games up to a certain point, then have a playoff system with the XFL and CFL teams. Yeah. Then you have a, like a midseason uh, break, and then the CFL continues to play their season up to their playoffs and Grey Cup. Yeah. I don't know. That seems like it would be kind of – because you got your suckier teams that aren't playing for a few weeks. And do you count the records in the overall CFL season in the playoffs with the XFL with yeah. all these other teams that haven't played? I don't know. It seems like it'd be kind of weird. Yeah, but I, I'm, I was actually kind of pumped about the possibility of the XFL and the CFL combining forces because I think it would help the CFL and I think it would help the XFL, not as much as the, the CFL. But I think it would help both uh, teams, both leagues in different ways. But uh, I think as long as they continue to do the XFL like it was supposed to be done last year, I think they'll be okay. Well, it would help the CFL out a lot because now you're getting on American TV. Mm -hmm. Right now you're just on TSN and maybe ESPN Plus Yeah, on an app. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to be on whoever the XFL has a, a channel deal with. Well, uh, the CFL, they would play some games on like ESPN and stuff. So, Yeah. But like, it would be a, a, a simulcast of TSN, but they would still show it on ESPN. Yeah. Like um, the thing that I'm thinking, though, the CFL pays their players a lot more than the XFL. Mm -hmm. So they're going to get better caliber players. I think the CFL teams would kick the crap out of the XFL teams. Well, that would, and that that's another thing that would be very interesting about a collaboration to see. All right, which teams are better? Where do each team stand and compare to one another, or which where the leagues stand and compare to one another? But and then which rules are you going to use? Because obviously CFL, you only have three downs. Mm -hmm. You have uh, that might that might have been where the 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 negotiations broke down. Like you know, we play the same sport, but we got so many different rules that we can't meet in the middle and come up with a way to make it work both yeah. ways. You know? The dimensions of the fields are different. Mm 
Um, you have multiple motions in CFL, which the XFL would probably want to gear itself more to a NFL style rule book, seeing that they want to be kind of like a developmental league. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'd be interesting too. Yeah, uh, I just got the AEW numbers from last. Oh, night. nice! Eight hundred seventy-one thousand viewers, which is slightly down from last week. But I think the Alistair Black, uh, excuse me, Malachi Black debut last night. I think that's going to bring the numbers up next week. But you know what? The the thing that I don't get about AEW, it seems like they don't have very many continuing storylines to get people hooked in every single week. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It's there. a bunch of like one offs. Yeah, it kind of is. And some some instances, but I think also in other instances, like the Matt Hardy Christian Cage thing next week, that's kind of been brewing for for about a month or so. Uh, Darby Allen and, and uh, Ethan Page, that's been kind of brewing a little bit. But, like, John Moxley and um, Carl Anderson, like, where the where the hell did that come from, you know? Yeah. So some instances, there's a storyline there. Some instances, not so much. Yeah, I mean, and they tried with uh, an interview package to, you know, get the hype going for Darby and Ethan on Dynamite. But... Um, you know, I think they need to do that continuous storyline stuff a little bit more often. Yeah, because the only one that I really thought about, or you know, coming into that thing was well, obviously Cody and and QT. Yeah, and then the rest of them I really didn't think about. Nope, you're right. So that's about it, huh? That's the yeah, show. That's it. I have nothing else. <laughs> well. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can find us wherever you're at, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, just search Amp Wrestling Podcast. If you like what we do and you want to help us out, but maybe you don't have a lot of money to spend, if you shop on Amazon, we're an Amazon affiliate, so it's perfect. No extra money is put to your cart. They give us a little commission for sending traffic there, so tiny URL.com forward slash Amazon AMP, Amazon AMP. Bookmark that on your browser, whether that's on your phone or your PC or your Apple device. And then every time you shop on Amazon, your boys get a little commission. And we can use that to help the show. It would go a long way, and it's a really easy way, probably the easiest way mm-hmm. to help support the show. Yep, certainly is. All right, Patrick. Get us out of here, son! Outro! You've been listening to the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of Average Marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production.